0: Listener-supported. WNYC Studios. WQXR. In Conversation.
1: These are some strange times we find ourselves in, especially so for artists, performers, and musicians whose lives depend on our desire and ability to come together to collectively experience art and music. Over the last few weeks, we've seen mass cancellations of concerts, big and small, crews and casts laid off, concert halls going dark, and we feel really uncertain about the future of the arts, both in New York and around the world. But we also believe that the show must go on, and at WQXR, we think we have the opportunity to offer a platform for conversation with brilliant artists across the world, even when we can't see them in person. So that's what we've been doing. We've been sitting down with musicians and artists and performers alike to talk about new music, their craft, their process, what they're listening to, what they're working on, and how they're getting by during these unusual days. This is WQXR in Conversation, a new interview series, and we'll be posting audio online every week featuring different guests and hosts. I'm Zev Kane an assistant producer and the host of WQXR's new record show, Latest Greatest. And I sat down a few weeks ago with our first guest, Greek violinist Leonidas Kavakos, before many of the concerts were canceled in light of COVID-19, to discuss his new recording of Beethoven's Violin Concerto, released last October on Sony Classical. I'm very lucky to be joined in the studio by one of the world's top violinist and conductors, Leonidas Kavakos. Welcome. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. So Beethoven seems like a special composer for you. You recorded all 10 of his sonatas with your regular duet partner Enrico Pace in 2013. And your recording of the violin concerto came out in October. When did your relationship with the concerto begin? What was it like getting it under your fingers and how has it evolved over time? Beethoven
0: has been very present ever since I remember, and of course that's partly because my family is a musical family, so they listened to music and there was music played at home. But the violin concerto was a piece that is considered a holy work for a young student. So I remember while I was learning all the big virtuosic, so to say, pieces, my teacher said one day, that uh, maybe um, we should look at the Beethoven concerto. I thought, wow, really? Said, well, yeah, but that's not because you should play it straight away necessarily, but I think it would be very important to actually experience the music from the playing point of view now, studying it and growing with it. So the earlier you have a contact as a violinist, not as a listener, uh, with the work, you grow with it. And Beethoven is not the concerto that needs necessarily the greatest technical skills, but it is a piece that needs understanding of form, aesthetics, understanding of sound environment, which are so crucial for the interpretation, that if one does not actually bring these qualities and serve these qualities, you can be playing the greatest violin playing, but then the concerto is going to sound totally uninteresting. So how did you know when you were ready to play it? Well, you know, this came later. At that time when I first started studying it, I had no idea when that moment was going to be. But I think that this was a great advice in the sense that I learned it and then it was always there and it also became a wish of mine to go beyond just learning it and trying to see how I can do it. And so that happened a few years later, not necessarily because I was then ready, but the moment had come for me to actually really play it. You know what I mean? It just felt right. Yeah, it doesn't mean that at that
1: moment I'm necessarily ready, but I felt ready. You were just talking about the form and the aesthetics and the understanding of, of sonic environment that's required to play the Beethoven Violin Concerto well. The first movement alone of your new recording is 27 minutes. When you recorded all of Mozart's Violin Concertos back in 2006, all of them save one were under 27 minutes in their entirety. So I think it's safe to say that Beethoven's Violin Concerto maybe, if not was, the longest work of its kind written at that time. Was Beethoven going for something completely different and genre redefining? Did he just have a problem with editing? Was it some of both? Look, it's a
0: good point what you're making. Beethoven, for me, what makes him so great is that whatever he touched... He changed. And he changed in a way that everybody else followed him. And you mentioned the duration. How about thinking that there is a violin concerto that starts with a timpani solo? And one gives to the timpani not only the solo in the first bar, but like a real dominant role throughout the first movement. Which, as you say, it's practically longer than most of the concertos that were written until then, and some concerts that were written after that. Why is this? He was challenging himself, he was challenging the listeners, he was challenging the form, and he was challenging the expression. So, in every possible way, this is a challenge. Now, having said that, this piece, the 27 minutes first half, was written in a very short amount of time. Not only that, but it was given to Clement, who did the first performance of the concerto practically one or two days before the performance. Now, if anybody has access to look at the facsimile of the concerto, you'll freak out. It looks like a war zone. (laughs) It's like he's fighting. But this is amazing because this was written so fast, and we know that Beethoven was a master of improvisation. And uh, you see the orchestral writing, and you see like two or three different possibilities for the solo version and which sometimes he raises with different color sometimes you can see that it's something that he was upset about sometimes he's he lets it be there because he's not sure about you know and then comes poor clement who has to figure this out in one or two days and play it Now, imagine you've never heard this music before, and somebody comes and brings you the part which looks like a mess, is a mess, and you have to figure it out one and a half days and play it in front of audience. It's impossible. The other amazing thing is that having looked at the score which looks so, that there's so much like a fight going on, it's one of the most serene and lyrical works of Beethoven that we know. In fact, in the score, I think it's one of the scores where the word dolce is used more frequently. Mm. He still has very, this kind of martial moments where there are these explosions and the sudden dynamic changes that really challenge the ear. But mostly this piece is extremely serene. The second movement is, I think, where time stops. It's a, it's a dialogue with the angels. And we have the rondo in the end, which is more classical, let's say the most conventional movement of the concerto, where finally the soloist introduces the theme. Having said that, still he leaves the very end, to challenge everybody, where, after the cadenza, the coda is one of the most amazing codas that was ever written, with, uh, because he explores every possible tonality until we finally settle to listen to the theme that, of the rondo that we are familiar with, and then we know now that we're going towards the end, and instead of going for a big end like everybody does, he goes, like, saying goodbye, the same, repeating the same music, uh, softer and softer and softer, until the very last two chords, which come like a punch in the face. You know, for me it's amazing that he managed to create this, this heavenly, this incredible music, this powerful music, but at the same time you can see that he's such a master of what he's doing, that he can just manipulate all the elements and the talents he has in a way that you never know what to expect anymore. And this is one of the most fascinating things about Beethoven's music.
1: I'm also curious to hear about the folk songs at the end of the album. I'd never heard of them before, um, but they're really delightful. They're fun, they're cute. How do they tie in? Well, I think what
0: is the most fascinating about the folk songs is that they are Opus 107, which is quite late. And here, what do we have? We have Beethoven, who has already written enormous symphonies, enormous quartets, enormous concertos. He's looking at little songs, and um, he takes them and, in the simplest way, composes miniatures, which are so, to the point, so talented, allow me to say, and so uh, entertaining. And yet, in each one of them, There is one little moment where you see the master.
1: Do you have an example of that, where you can see the master, a specific moment in one of the songs from from the album, maybe?
0: Oh, yeah, of course. The the variations on the Russian folk song, absolutely. Towards the end, when you have this A minor theme and variations and and the key goes to G major, and like for... Ten bars you think you're listening some kind of echo from a great piano sonata, or you're gonna listen all of a sudden a great piece, big, long piece. Because he just spreads for like fifteen bars this G major section, but it seems like eternity in this miniature. And then finish. That's it. This is absolute magic. Because it's the simplest theme. And until that moment, the music is it's not predictable, but it's very, let's say, naive almost, right? Very naive. Still very talented, but very naive.
1: More generally speaking, we're in Beethoven's 250th. Almost every classical music institution has made Beethoven a pillar of their 2020 season. But there's been some pushback against that. Some have argued that the focus is is too narrow or overblown and distracts from repertoire from contemporary composers or historically marginalized composers or just anything that's not Beethoven. Do you feel that there are better ways to celebrate Beethoven and acknowledge his legacy than just programming and recording a lot of his music? I don't agree with this at all.
0: Human beings, we're very funny. Many times we are seeking for the new. This is something good. But to me, seeking for the new means that I have really exhausted what I have in front of me. We're seeking for the new many times without having actually really exhausted all the possibilities and all the knowledge that we can actually find in what we already have. We see this in our society, which is a very consuming society. We always look to have more and more and more, and sometimes we don't even enjoy what we have, right? So the music of people like Beethoven... It's one of those moments where time stops for human beings. And it's not only his music that makes time stop, especially with Beethoven. It's his life. He was a human being that, with all the troubles he had in his own lifespan, created and graced us with gifts and presents that when we are in contact with them, we become better human beings. When you actually listen to the music of a great composer like this. And therefore, I am very happy that we are celebrating a great man like this, even though he celebrated the whole time. But I find that a big anniversary is an opportunity maybe for people who are not so familiar, maybe, with the music or with the person himself to become a bit more curious. We need to keep that flame and we should not stop that flame. This music has survived over other music of their time because it managed to speak directly, to address directly the collective subconscious. So it speaks somewhere in our existence, which is so deep that and that is so common to all human beings. And then you see the effect that music has on them when they come and talk to you after the concert. But then... Of course, because we never appreciate what we have in our own time, right? You know, you will find many bad reviews of Beethoven's
1: music. Somebody called the concerto completely disjointed and repetitiously tiring. Exactly. You (laughs) see that? So can
0: can you imagine this today? Somebody coming out making a public statement like this. Yeah. So it's not possible. Why? Because that work was much bigger than this and any other critic... Or this and any other violinist, because this managed to speak to something that is concerning all of us and bringing us close. And this is the mission of the arts, this is the mission of music, and through these giants, this mission is being completed. There is a message there that is beyond the music. And maybe I could say that maybe that is not celebrated enough. That could be a side of a composer or a human being that could be celebrated more. His music will, even with what we do now, and if we did double as much as this, is never celebrated enough.
1: Fantastic. I think this is a great place to stop. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. A pleasure to be here. That was Greek violinist Leonidas Kovakos you can hear his new CD featuring Beethoven's Violin Concerto, released on Sony Classical last October and now streaming on all platforms. We'll be dropping more interviews over the next couple of weeks, so please sign up to WQXR in Conversation wherever you get your podcasts and keep an eye out on WQXR.org.